1: B. Mitchell Finley, 1067, the fan. You hear that song. It's time to talk to our guy, Nate Dogg, Barstool Sports, Mr. Barstool Nate. I got to start with just an anecdote from here in Indy. So I'm at the Combine. They have a radio row, they have where all the podiums are, where the coaches and the players talk. It's a gigantic conference room with people from all over the country. And in doing this for a while, you get to know reporters from all over the country. And I bump into people and we're saying hello, and it's like, oh, how's it going? in dc and i'm like oh well you know the doj investigation they
2: already know hey, jp they're just trying to get you to talk
1: And but b they're <laughs> like oh we're here to try to talk to the wide receivers it's just people are on <laughs> such different planets i mean seriously it's like the commander's planet and the rest of the nfl are operating under different atmospheres good morning nate how do you do buddy
3: yeah, it, it, we, we've talked about it. There's been some recurring theme since I started coming on this show, like me versus B-Mitch in a boxing match, me being faster and more athletic than B-Mitch, <laughs> and the fact that no matter what happens with our beloved Washington Football Commanders football team, it always goes back to you wake up in the morning, you rub the, the sleep out of your eyes, and Dan Snyder is in the news or some sort of allegations of fraud, misconduct, or what have you. And it does not matter what else. He, he's currently in the news for not selling the team, while also currently in the news for trying to sell the team, while in the news for more misconduct. It just never ends with this guy.
1: Yep. Um, so, Nate dog, take us through, because I, I saw you had a bunch of tweets this morning. You follow Nate at Marstall Nate kind of, identifying of the, the Don Van Nata story, what stood out the most to you? Um, and give us, give us your greatest hits record from this morning's real bombshell story.
3: Uh, I, I, I think there's two main takeaways. One, the 4.5 million that he charged the team to put the team's logo on his plane and calling it an advertising fee. While on one hand, that is absolutely hysterical. Uh, it it just shows what kind of person he is. He's just once a scammer, always a scammer, right? He, he, he made his fortune scamming. He then bought a football team and he never stopped scamming. He never stopped being a fraud. He's just a bad person. No matter which way you look at him, he's just always just deep down in his core, a bad human being. And so that's takeaway. Number one, takeaway number two, and I don't think it's getting enough play it, it looks like Goodell knew what was going on, and like yeah. he's done with everything else, swept it under the rug. It, it just—I don't know how Goodell keeps getting off so much uh, with with all the Dan Snyder stories. Because every time you you read past the you know the first couple paragraphs, there's always a part about how Roger Goodell knew, and he nobody ever says anything about why does Goodell continually let Dan Snyder get away with this. And we've never truly got an answer besides besides he works for the owners. That's the only answer we ever get. But it seems crazy. Goodell would just be so complicit in fraud and and, and burying it and sweeping it under the rug and not talking about it. And at some point, you would think Goodell would be like, all right, buddy, enough's enough. And it just never happened. He just keeps going along with Dan Snyder's scams and schemes and illegal dealings. And that part makes zero sense to me.
2: What's your thought on him trying to uh, get indemnity, indemnity because he for anything that happens in the future, which basically tells me something else is about to come out?
3: Yeah, so that, that came out yesterday, and I think the first thing we all did was try to figure out what that word means. And I, <laughs> I, I didn't want – I think everybody was looking around like, am I the idiot for not understanding what this word means, or are they just using big words that we didn't learn in school? So basically Dan Snyder is saying if I sell, like I'm off the hook. I'm not allowed to get in trouble for anything that I did. And the other NFL owners are like, I don't know, man. That seems pretty sketchy to me. I I'm my 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 overarching point is he's going to sell. And if for whatever reason he decides I'm not going to sell, it looks like the other NFL owner, NFL owners will kick him out of the league. They will vote to kick him out. I think then and this might be me being a little conspiracy theorist, I think he's then waving blackmail over all the other owners' heads, saying, if you vote me out, I'm going to release everything, all the dirty laundry I know about you guys. And so I'm preparing for chaos. I think that it will not be a smooth sell. I think there will be a lot of stuff that does come out, uh, either on Snyder's side or the rest of the owner's side. I I think we're in for, like, something straight out of a television show, like a secession type of TV show, where it's just going to be a bunch of billionaires just throwing trash at each other, like, killing each other, burying each other. But I do believe it ends with Snyder not being the owner of this team by the beginning of next season, and that's really all I care about.
1: I'm with you. I, I I don't know how much more salacious it can get. Right, and and maybe that's silly because one thing we've learned is, you you never really find rock bottom when it comes to Ashburn and the Commanders.
2: As Leslie um, Shepard said back in the day, rock rock bottom seems to be coming.
1: Right, right. But I do feel like the amount of information and allegations, and it's just getting to, it, it's getting to be too overpowering. It, right, it's it just the the tsunami of. I've said this to be, and I'm curious what you think, Nate. I'm talking with our friend Barstool, Nate Barstool Sports. You can give him a follow on Instagram at Barstool Nate. And I, I I'll give you credit. I suppose, Nate Dog, you have oh, always been, by far, by far, the most anti-Dan Snyder person I'd say in in media. Um, and you know, I, I think you have a unique role with Barstool where you can kind of get away with some of that stuff. And and it's been needed probably at times, right? Um, but to me, the, the allegations, the harassment, everything, the sexual misconduct, it just didn't seem like enough. I mean, the, the league a full. Well,
3: yeah, okay. I, I, I see where you're going. and, and
1: This it, seems you, like enough talking,
3: is my point. You, you just talked about the tsunami. And I feel like for, for monthly, for the last 10 years, especially the last five years, We've looked at each other and been like, how is this not enough? How is this not enough? How yeah. much can this guy get away with? And I've always said something has to happen to finally be enough. And it looks like it, 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 it's just been a culmination of 10 years of allegations, accusations, fraud, you know, the, the, the emails weren't enough, the, the videotapes weren't enough, the stealing money, the suing old ladies, nothing has ever been enough, but it has all culminated into to the nuclear bomb that's going off right now, and I do think it it is a ticking time bomb. I don't think in any world Dan Snyder just, you know, takes his ball and goes home. He is too greedy, he's too stubborn, he's too petty, and he's too terrible of a person. And thank you for the credit. I I think I've always really had my finger on the pulse of just how terrible he is, and I've always – taking my platform as big or small as it may be and been like, people just should know, not just people in Washington. Mm-hmm. If I can do anything to get how bad of a person and human and just how poorly he treats people in front of other people's eyeballs, I've done something good with my job today. So I've that's all I've always really felt like doing is, been, is saying, hey, look, Dan Snyder did something else terrible. I want someone in California to know. I want whoever's reading in Idaho to know I don't want this just to be whoever reads the Washington Post to know people deserve to know that Dan Snyder deserves zero credit he is a bad human and if it gets in front of the right people's eyes maybe some change can happen and I I, you know I don't think I in the reason any of this change is happening but I'd like to think maybe one percent I'd like to think one person read something I wrote and was like we got to get this guy out of the NFL
1: one of, the, one of the craziest mm. moments for me is, I think it was in a post story, but it might have been ESPN or something else, when Dan admitted that when Bruce Allen talked about how good the culture was, was a real <laughs> eye-opener for him. And I'm, it's always like those sliding door moments of if I didn't grab a microphone or whatever in that moment. But, but my, my greater point that I was trying to make, before you interrupted <laughs> me as you usually do, is that.
2: I see why y'all friends.
1: <laughs> all of the stuff, all of the stuff. Suing old ladies, um, the ticket scamming, the season ticket deposits, the sexual allegations, which are just all awful stuff. Seemed like the league for a while seemed willing to sweep it under the rug and try to just keep the show moving. But this, to me, this $55 million thing, the Department of Justice, Eastern District of Virginia, this doesn't seem like something you you can avoid. And that's why I think this has truly taken a turn. I mean, this is major bank fraud. I mean, you, you defrauded investors. I, I'm not suggesting – I know that there will be people out there that want to be like, ah, oh, we'll send him to prison and blah, blah, blah. Like, billionaires very rarely go to prison. I'm not expecting yes, any of that to happen. He should be in
3: prison. He should be in prison, and this is just another reason he should be in prison. But he, Perhaps. I mean, I'm just not he, saying
1: I expect it to happen. I do expect him to sell this team.
3: Well, I, I'm glad you finally have come around to me and BMX. That is BS, and it. that's
1: not true at all, and I'm not going to let you do it today.
3: You, you've you been holding out
1: hope that he wouldn't sell just so you could say that you were right. That's not but, true. I've never said it. You can read my reporting on it. it, it <laughs> like, you love this joke, and I'm not doing it today.
3: Oh, uh, someone's cranky. Is it, <laughs> you, had bad omelet? you had a bad omelet at the combine, and now you're in a bad mood. That's all right. I, I'm no, not doing I, this. I— I do agree that I, I, I think the most fascinating thing, and I don't know if we'll ever in our lifetime get the details of what happens behind the scenes that Goodell looked at his options and decided he was going to stay on Dan Snyder's side. That is what's so fascinating to me again is what can these people have on each other? How deep does it go? Like how How high up does it go? And it sounds conspiracy theory, but it just doesn't make sense that Goodell would keep this guy in charge of one of his teams for so long, knowing how much fraud he's committed and expecting it never to come out. Is that the end goal for Goodell and Snyder was they'll never find out? Because if this is just the tip of the iceberg of what we're finding out, I just can't imagine what else there is.
2: It's crazy, but, I mean he it seems that he knew about this, this little deal. So I'm, he, I'm just he signed I'm, off on it. I'm wondering if this comes back to bite him though, you because know?
1: I wonder that too. Yeah. I, but you gotta think he's fairly Teflon, but I did want to ask you just the two real bits of football news over the last twenty four hours here. Um, how will you remember the Carson Wentz era in Washington?
3: Yeah.
2: Um, he was yeah. crazy as hell at one time, and then he came to his senses? The Talk end of an era, right? Talk yeah,
3: I, we were talking about it in the office yesterday, and it's it, it was just another one of those nobody wanted him to succeed more than I did. We haven't had a quarterback in 25 years. We had a couple years of Mark Brunel. We had one season of RG3. And we, as we talked about last week, we had whatever Kirk Cousins means to you. If that's good quarterbacking or bad quarterbacking, it's impossible to say. But that's been my life of quarterbacks in Washington. So bringing in Wentz, I convinced myself he was going to be 2017 Carson Wentz all over again. And he was about as bad as a quarterback can be. He was a catastrophic failure. Um, It is... I don't even know where where or if he plays next year. I assume he hangs around in the league as a backup. But yeah, he doesn't seem to love football. He definitely does not want to be a backup. He made that abundantly clear that he doesn't want to be a backup. Uh, Money's awesome though, and and that's why I think he might stick around. And I know he has a ton of it, but if someone gives him you know an easy gig to be hold a clipboard somewhere, he might take it. But uh, I'm with you. I I think. He is a retire slash you know midseason pickup by some team who's desperate for a quarterback. He should go do
2: what he I, like to do: hunt and fish.
3: That's all he wants to do, and it would not. And he's not a social media guy. He's not. He doesn't want to be in in the booth broadcasting he anywhere. He doesn't want to
1: be on camera. Like I think he would. Yeah. I really think he'd be happy moving back to North Dakota or South Dakota or Montana or wherever and just chilling.
2: <laughs> hey, yeah. I'm with.
1: I'm,
3: and, I'm all with that. I wish him the best. I hope he kills all the ducks. I mean, I don't hope that. I hope that for him. I don't want him to kill any ducks. Find they kind of He can't kill all of them. He, he killed so many ducks. Like Nobody's killed more ducks than that guy. But, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he's done with football. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if he shows up randomly, you know, backing up somewhere week eight. But, uh, yeah, a, a huge failure of an era in Washington, uh, without a doubt.
1: The only real – they didn't – lose that much in going after him. You lost a pick, but you're going after a quarterback. Like you gotta try to find a quarterback.
2: You lost two yeah. picks, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, sorry, you're right, B. But my only real issue is in the evaluation process that led led them to Carson. Or were they just so desperate after everybody else said no we're not going that they're like, you know what, we're gonna talk ourselves into this guy.
2: Was it two third rounders? I...
1: Yeah, pair of thirds. But
2: I'm just saying two I... third rounders you could have found two you could have found another Antonio Gibson. And you just drafted two quarterbacks. Or you could have found those two threes may end up being a, a high- high two. You know, you could have found somebody. But
1: yeah, a
3: mistake. I, I
1: think right, you my problem is, you evaluated this guy
3: as the guy. Ron, Ron, threw a hail, Mary. Ron said, we need a quarter. This team needs a quarterback. Carson Wentz was good four years ago. He did throw 27 touchdowns for that Indianapolis Colts team. Let's not forget that. It's not like he, you know, threw five touchdowns, 12 interceptions. He put together on paper numbers that you could look at and say, you know what, this guy can throw some touchdowns for this team. We're desperate for a quarterback. Let us pray that he can, you know, get back to an old form. And he just absolutely didn't. Uh, The evaluation process was bad. Giving him that contract was bad. Giving up the picks was bad. But like you just said, J.P., when you need a quarterback so badly, you, you know, you have to throw a Hail Mary and hope it pays off. So I don't a hundred percent blame Ron Rivera for going out and getting went because of you know how slim the pickings were, but it, it just, it, it was a failure. It was a catastrophic failure. It stopped us from developing another QB. It stops us from, it's going to stop us from, uh, like you just said, be getting, you know, depth through the draft this year. If if they, it's a step back for sure. It was a wasted football season, which I hate. I, you know, you only get so many years with this defense and this core. And, you know, uh, Curtis Samuel had an unbelievable season. You know, the wide receivers, Terry, fantastic. So I hate that we just wasted a season with Carson Wentz. That's what pains me the most.
1: Well, and going one step further, you, you mentioned the, the core of this defense. What about Deron Payne now gets franchise tagged? Do you believe there's a long-term deal coming there?
3: Oh, gosh, this is when the ownership thing, thing comes back, right? Totally. Nothing totally. is clear. Nothing is set. I, You would hope so. You would hope he, he does the thing where he goes, I love playing for these fans. I love playing for this city, blah, 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 blah. But it, it's a money league, and your time in the league is short. And if he wants to get paid, he'll go where he wants. If he feels like he wants to win a Super Bowl and he can't do it here, he'll go where he wants. I, I, You know, he has unlimited options. Um, I'm, I, I really hope he looks at this team and says, we have something special here, I'm going to stay. But I, I never blame people if, for doing what they think is best for them. I just hope staying in Washington is, is what's best for him.
1: We shall see. Thank you for the time, buddy. Appreciate I it. Take care, brother. All right. All right. I hope you feel better, J.P. <laughs> Don Van Natta joined the junkies this morning. Uh, you're going to hear what the ESPN investigative reporter had to say as his bombshell story has really accelerated what seems like the next steps for Dan Snyder and the Washington Commanders. Don't go.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit
1: ads.odyssey.com. Anywhere. Beamish and Finley 1067 The Fan. Make sure you're following along on social media. Mm-hmm. follow Brian at Beamich Live NBCS. You can follow me at J.P. Finley NBCS. You can follow the show who, I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure who posts for the show account, but whoever it is, you can follow them at Beamich and Finley. Um, I bet it's 70% Cody, 30% Landfill. Does that sound about right to you, B?
2: Might be a little bit more than that Landfill. Um, we have it speaking- about 55, 45, 55 Cody, 45 Landfill.
1: Um, so here's one thing I wanted to do. Landfill has gotten some Don Van Notta clips. Don Van Notta spoke to the junkies this morning on the, the seriousness of the allegations against Dan Snyder. Yeah. Um, I'd like to hear from Don Van Notta via the junks this morning, and then I'd also like to hear from Jeff and Landfill. Uh, let's start with Don Van Natta, number one, on the most serious allegations now facing Dan Snyder.
4: Well, certainly the credit line, the uh, fifty-five million dollar credit line, how it was obtained is um, a primary focus of the federal mm. investment. and and that to me is probably the most alarming because it's the allegation is that Dan Snyder took out a fifty-five million dollar credit line at Bank of America without the approval or even knowledge of his three minority partners who sit on the board. And the question is whether a board resolution was ever provided to the bank. That was needed to close the loan. Uh-huh. The loan was closed. And even a month after the loan was closed, the bank is still asking executives at the commanders for that board resolution. So the question that was before the NFL and the, and the arbitrator by the partners was just go to Bank of America, put together a summons, and try to find out how exactly Snyder got this loan without the knowledge of his partners. And Mm -hmm. the league had no interest in doing that. According to sources that we talked with, just in a matter of four days, uh, the arbitration was shut down, it was moved to mediation, and the three partners ended up selling their 40% share of the team to Snyder.
1: You can't (laughs) Take, take out a secret loan. You know what I mean?
2: It just, it just seems so like like. the report yesterday, then this stuff hits today. It it seems like someone is trying to get ahead of something.
1: Totally. Yesterday, he's asking for indemnification from the NFL, depending what legal troubles may come down the road. And, and B, I can't stop thinking why he's trying to move to London. And and obviously London has their own laws and everything, but there are plenty of allegations over the years of you can go to London to shield your money from a lot of stuff if mm-hmm. you are a billionaire. Um, if you think about it, we're getting out of our depth here, but like a lot of kind of these like autocrats from Eastern Europe will will set up mm-hmm. shop in London and be able to like have their money hidden, and
2: yeah, end up in the palace.
1: <laughs> right it's crazy you and want to rooms over there before we play a van not clip i have a very uniquely indianapolis scouting combine moment for you i am sitting at a table uh, ron rivera is going to talk to the media in about 25 minutes which should be pretty cool to hear from ron um but i'm sitting at a table and omar khan is the gm of the pittsburgh steelers mm-hmm. and i'm watching him walk by and you know how it is b when you got you know, coaches and GMs, any really high-level person, they almost always have a PR person with them, and sometimes like a administrative assistant or just an administrator with them. Mm-hmm. And so Omar Khan's walking by, and he almost makes it to the door. And, and basically the unwritten rule out here is if you're on the convention floor, you, I can run up to you and try to ask you something, but once you're outside, it, it, the rules kind of change. Well, of all the people you'd expect to be running after Omar Khan, how about Mike Florio kind of running down the hallway <laughs> and just grabs him right as he, right before he gets out the He's door? like, damn, Mike. <laughs> yeah, Florio got the quicks. Um, let, let's hear more from Van Nata, and, and I think this will be a major problem. This, this quote will probably stick around, I think, as, as this saga unfolds. Don Van Nata talking about Dan Snyder's personal piggy bank.
4: earlier, there's a whole bunch of other allegations in this arbitration petition that the partner said Snyder was using the team as his, quote, personal piggy bank, right. including that $4.5 million that he paid himself out of team funds without his partner's knowledge or permission again, just to put his logo on the tail of his private jet, and he called it an advertising fee. So that's, that's, kind, of, <laughs> that's kind of stunning as well, that Snyder was According to the partners, the allegations they made in the NFL arbitration petition was paying himself all sorts of money that they had no knowledge of uh, and that they felt was wrong, and they wanted the NFL to do something about it. The NFL did nothing about
2: it. I'm like, dude, it's very – so I have a plane. And you're my partner. You have your plane. Jeff has his plane. The landfill has his. But I'm going to put a plane on my – I mean, a, a logo on my plane, but I'm charging y'all for it. Why Why couldn't we – we could have all put a, a, a logo on the back of all four planes and it wouldn't have cost $4.5 $4. million. I
1: mean – You know the phrase, robbing Peter to pay Paul? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know how most NFL teams' finances operate when you get to ownership levels. But I know that, like, really, really, really rich people, they get paid in, like, annual dividends and annual um, bonuses and stuff. And there's immense tax advantages to that.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And... I mean, what really triggered a lot of this was in 2020, I think it was April of 2020, Dan just didn't pay those guys their annual dividend. And they were like, yo, what the hell? Like, we put up with a lot of stuff. And that's really when things started to hit the fan. And, dude, Brian, again, I don't know the specifics with this stuff, but he's paying himself $10 mil a year. Does – is he not just sitting on – a fortune where he's so rich you can just live off the interest payments. Mm-hmm. Having to pay yourself in those situations <laughs> just seems odd. And maybe it's petty, maybe it's vindictive, or maybe the dollar amounts are so screwed up that there's no other choice.
2: Mm-hmm. It, seems, it seems like uncouth, like just oh, at I'm going to do it how I want to do it. And, you know, you start wondering, will the numbers come together at the end? Landville, play the last one for me.
1: Um, Number seven on on Snyder's vindictive reimbursement strategies.
4: Yeah, there was a yacht party that was held uh, that that Snyder uh, hosted three owners. He hosted Jerry Jones of the Cowboys, Robert Kraft, uh, the owner of the Patriots, uh, and Terry Pagula, the owner of the Bills, uh, on his yacht. And so Snyder's point to the partners when they started raising questions about some of the money that he took uh, out of the team without their knowledge, his point is, well, look, I, I had a yacht party. I didn't bill you for that. I'm now going to bill you for that. In other words, I'm going to seek reimbursement because I was conducting league business. Uh, and so I'm going to do that. There, There is a mention in the petition where Snyder said he was going to go back uh, many years, all the way back to 2003, when the partners first bought into the team um, and and basically put at, put in for all sorts of reimbursements that he claimed he never took. Oh, so, so this, this is Snyder's- all
1: retroactive, vindictive stuff. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. yeah.
4: it's I, retroactive. I in point. other words, he's saying to the part to the former partners, you know, you're you're mad at me about some of this stuff. Well, I can go back and I can find a lot more money that I'm owed that I never took. Re- remember, I reported a story that Snyder booted the three partners off the board right. in 2020, uh, and <clears throat> you know, so this know was in the summer that. around the time they were making a lot of noises. Uh, about what they claim were financial uh, irregularities at best or financial misconduct at worst, including, you know, what happened with this $55 million credit line that they had no knowledge of. I mean, as we report in the very beginning of the story, they found out about it in a footnote of a financial report in April 2020. So 16 months after Snyder takes out this credit line, the partners find out about it um, in in the very fine print of a financial document.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, we're going to let Jim Andrew Mullins, the chief B.S. officer of the program, weigh in. That's on. some weird stuff, bro. Dude, just weird and wacky, and it's the type of stuff when you feel like you're invincible, you do. And nobody's invincible. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to be Mitchell Finley. Landfill, let this play. Maybe be accurate about uh, how much is that house it's down on the fire. Potomac in Mount Vernon?
5: It's like $49 million. $49 mil.
1: I'm going to go check on the roof over there. We don't need no water. Uh, You're listening to B. Mitch and Finley. In about 10 minutes, Ron Rivera is set to address the media out here in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, I heard some sad information last night that people think that the combine won't continue to last as less and less coaches are coaches, staffs, GMs. They're sending fewer people. It's become just like a total media zoo, and uh, more and more of the players are going to get their – their medical testing done on their own and then just share the results. So something to watch kind of long-term for the scouting combine in Indianapolis. Um, Ron, I expect Brian is not going to say anything about all the ownership stuff. No, what do you think?
2: Nah, he's going to, that's not his, he's a, he's gonna say, I'm getting my, I'm here to get uh, pick players and get ready for a season. That's stuff that I, out of my control.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, what do we think he'll say about pain?
2: Well, you know, we wanted to get him in the building. Uh, we felt it was vital that we got the run in the building, and uh, we did that, and we're going to keep working on the deal. And I'm sure he'll stop it at that.
1: Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Um, what I'd like to do is let the chief BS officer of the program, uh, nobody cuts through cuts through it all like our guy james andrew mullins the fifth also known as landfill also known as dr landini professor of bs operations so landini turn it to you buddy uh major 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 allegations against dan snyder in a bombshell piece of reporting from espn's don van nada I, I mean the level of reporting in there really deserves to be highlighted um What do you make of the secret $55 million loan Dan Snyder took out?
5: Um, You know, I think, I'm not sure if it was Bemich who said this, but yeah, that's the type of thing that you do if you think there's absolutely no chance that there's ever any consequences for you. Uh, That's kind of how, you know, Dan Snyder seems to have run this team for a long time, whether if it was with the, the name you know, saying, I'll never change it, put it in all caps, not having a kind of backup plan when he was inevitably uh, forced to change it. I mean, taking out a $55 million loan is the type of thing you do if, if you think you're untouchable. If you, you know, if you think that there's, there's no consequences for anything that you do ever, that's the type of stuff that you do. And, uh, I mean, so far he's gotten away with it. I don't know if it'll, it'll keep happening. It looks like he's not going to own the team anymore, but he's going to get a big fat check for like $6 billion. So I'm not really sure that that's a punishment. Um, Right. uh, But yeah, that's the type of stuff you do if you think that no one can touch you.
1: What do you think? What do you think happens next, Landini? You think he's out? I think he'll sell the team.
5: Yeah. Yeah. He'll probably, uh, you know, rich people don't really go to jail. So he'll probably like settle some of these investigations for like a $5 million fine and no admission of wrongdoing and, that's that. Nothing. It's like 12 bucks to any of us.
1: Yep. Yeah. I um I wonder I, I do wonder with the charges the significance they have if he can just avoid it all or if the England stuff and I mean it's just it all the picture seems to be growing more clear. It's just who knows if you can actually trust any of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I do, throughout this process, I've thought Dan's going to end up selling. And, and today, this makes it seem very much that he doesn't have a whole lot of other choices. Following up
2: yesterday, with the request yesterday to the information in the story today, it just seems like, okay, the walls are closing in. I'm trying to make sure. A last-ditch effort to see if I can protect myself. Because I, I just have a thought that there's be, it's more coming.
1: Totally. Or this was the more. Because all. You and I have talked about this a lot. Like, something happened. Something changed. The tone changed. You know, Bank of America is not going through this process for nothing. This became real all of a sudden. What changed? And I can't stress enough the fact that the news about the Department of Justice investigation came out the same day that they announced they're they're looking at selling options i I just that is not a coincidence man that is i just that will always be what i point to in kind of the this is why this all fell apart
2: probably right on point too all
1: right here's what i'm thinking pete haley covers the commanders for nbc sports washington and the washington football talk podcast Can can i say
5: something else real quick of course, I'd like to point out just like one other way that he's getting rewarded for this when he sold the when he bought out the minority partners, I never thought this got enough coverage. the reported price for 40 percent of an NFL team was 875 million dollars. if the team is worth six billion, 40 percent of it is worth a hell of a lot more than 875 million dollars yeah and that was the NFL changed their rules to allow him to take out a loan. Roger Goodell, it comes out now in kind of with this mediation thing. Roger Goodell basically dictated the sale price. The NFL didn't just turn the other, you know, cheek on this whole Snyder thing. They deliberately went out of their way to reward Dan Snyder for all of his villainy.
1: It's true. I mean, if you look at in that article today, there was mention of, I guess, Fred Smith tried to – uh sell his piece on his own and it was they wouldn't let him and dan said oh this guy the nfl will never approve this guy the guy was going to sell it to was like a canadian steel magnate or something and a few a few weeks months later that guy got to buy into the atlanta falcons and was unanimously approved by the nfl (laughs) so clearly you're full of it like you're just full of
2: it oh boy a lot of full of it going yeah,
1: on yeah yeah but you're right landfill I mean that wasn't that long ago either when they when they did the sale uh, when they kind of forced or mediated or arbitrated whatever the term it was like is like two years ago right so I mean that was before the Broncos sold before the Suns sold but I mean 875 for 40 percent I'm not a math guy here but that roughly applies a value of like two and a half billion something like that
5: 2.2. Uh, 2. Yeah, they were way over that.
1: Well, But they do say that the values for minority stakes aren't – they don't carry the same valuation if you're going to sell the whole thing because really it's just a vanity play. Like you don't get any say. Uh, but still, you're totally right, Landini. You're right. <laughs> What's crazy is it almost feels like if you have a a, a young child – or whatever, and you never discipline the child, and they just keep doing more and more outlandish stuff. No, The NFL never pushed back, never pushed back, protected, 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 and then, boom, you've got a secret $55 million loan that Roger Goodell may or may not have signed off on and a whole lot more trouble after that. Hmm. When we come back, we'll ask Pete Haley what he thinks of all the drama surrounding the Washington Commanders. Don't go anywhere.